Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Music Podcast with you right here in Sydney Studio 301. I am Neil. That over there is Dave. Hey, guys. How you doing? Welcome. How are you doing, Neil? You in a good place, my friend? Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit early on a Friday morning. Don't know what time you're listening to this, dear listener. Hope it's a... Uh, hope, here's what I hope's happening to you, dear mm. listener, right now. I hope that you've, uh, you're in a warm bath. <laughs> Perhaps some rose petals floating <laughs> on the surface. Uh... Maybe it's a bubble How bath. How do you bathe yourself? You know, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't really like. I, I bathe, obviously, but I don't really bath. You know, so. Um, but I hope that wherever you are, you're warm, you're comfortable, uh, and you're really just taking taking some time off to to really enjoy what's going to be forty five minutes of um of nonstop music and movie and pop culture stuff extravaganza you <laughs> yeah. know non-stop action we've got a cool show today um we'll be speaking to alex Leahy, who if uh again don't, don't know what day you're listening to this but yep. she performed on triple j's like a version this past friday um it was today very for us yeah. today for us it yep. was fantastic um yep. so we'll be chatting to her in a bit um but obviously on a on a much tougher and serious note we probably should start the show um Last night's news, the very sad and untimely passing of Chris Cornell, obviously the uh, front man of Audio Slave. Yeah. Um, shit, awful. Yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those things where there's not uh really much to kind of to kind of say about it, except that um you know if if you are hearing the news from us, we're we're sorry that uh you have to hear hear about it from us. Mm. Um, but yeah, he he was uh he he passed away after a gig. Just uh, playing with Soundgarden in Detroit. Um, yeah, like hours after. Mm. Uh, awful. And um, how old was he, Neil? 52. 52. So and, You know, he's kind of... Um, I mean, you can check the full story out on the music.com.au now. Um, but, you know, he's kind of considered like one of the... the one of the like the big frontmen of the grunge movement. Again, we've done, we have this really mm. cool piece um, written by uh, one of our great writers, Mark Nielsen. Great guy. Great beard. Um, he did a, a really sweet piece on Chris Cornell and he kind of defined him as like the true frontman of the grunge movement. You yeah. know, there's... Kurt Cobain, who was obviously like notoriously private, um, mm. but yeah, Chris was a, a really sweet, open, and obviously a brilliant yeah. musician, and and such an important musical figure for so many people. Not just sort of uh, musicians and artists, but I think that the, the music that he he made um, uh, was such an, uh, an important part of so many people's lives. Mm. Um, for sort of that period of time that, that he was working mm. with Audio Slave and with Soundgarden. So um so very devastating news. Uh but check out the information uh or the full story at themusic.com.au yeah, he... and and um maybe today's a Spotify uh Spotify day. Yeah, and there's obviously a, a lot of people have been tweeting about him like you know some of the biggest names in rock have obviously um pay their respects and you know it's kind of a, a tribute to how big and how important Chris Cornell was to to the industry. So it's really heavy, really awful loss. Um, so yeah, check out the full story on the music.com.au. Mm. But I guess sort of in, in lighter news, um, Neil, because we probably do want to eventually get over to some, some lighter new, mm. news. Um, what, tell, tell me about something. What's something good that happened to you this week? Give me one thing. One good thing that happened to you this week. Oh, you know, you know, actually what's very cool, and we, we probably we, we can announce it now. This is fine. Yeah. Um, Dave and I on Monday... Yep. I'm going to be heading down to the State Theatre um, in Sydney yep. uh, for the Mummy premiere. No, not Ooh. the Mummy, not the 1990s Brendan Fraser Mummy. Which, oh, no. Which I'm still very disappointed about. <laughs> yeah. When you were like, hey, Dave, we're going to go to the to the premiere of the Mummy, I was like, oh, well, almost what? a decade too <laughs> late, but I'm in. I'm very keen. <laughs> what do you mean almost a decade? It's like 
When was Brenda's? I would say like late nineties. We can check that, but yeah, check it right the now. remake is obviously Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. Um, yeah, they're going to be at the red carpet. Dave and I are going to be heading down there. Yeah. Um, 99. 99. 99 was the, was the original mummy. We're going to try and chat to Tom Crowe and Russell Crowe and be best friends with them. Yeah. Try and get them in the studio. I like great. our chances. <laughs> <laughs> just say, guys, do you want to wrap this up on the cup and just head to the Let's studio? Let's head to the we'll studio right now. We'll do a quick spare, spare 45 quick minutes. Podcast <laughs> record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Tom would be down for that. Well, this, this is what I'm nervous about because, you know, when we talk about someone like Tom Cruise, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, I, don't, I guess, the, for a lack of a better word, he has baggage. <laughs> Well, you know, Scientology <laughs> is a thing, but you know, there's that like he's he has a reputation for being a really sweet guy when it comes to press and media and all the rest of it. Yeah, but you know, there's that very famous interview where he's on the red carpet and some reporter squirts war in his face. He's like, "You're a yeah. jerk!" Like he just completely singles this guy out and just skewers well, him. And I love that. Like, so for anyone who doesn't know the story, so this was this was a couple of years ago. Mm. He was promoting some movie, I think it was, and uh, I think it was some uh, some. I want to say Spanish. Um, no, TV I think it was show. The, the world after. To, what's what was the alien one? I'm, so, I'm sorry that. No, I no, no, sorry, sorry. The um, the the, the show that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think it was like a Spanish, yeah, like a Spanish comedy show, and they went up to him on the red carpet, and he was giving an interview, and halfway through the interview, like a little spray of something come out, came out, of, came out of the microphone, came yeah. out of the microphone into his face, and and he kind of blop about it, kind of understandably, yeah. <laughs> like if if someone had like if you were just like having a friendly chat with someone, if you were not they, talking right now, and I just squirted warning face, and, and you'd be like, squirted, what are you doing? Squirted mystery substance <laughs> in my face, like out of, out of a We're microphone. We're presuming it's water. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't know, like someone just squirted some, like it could have been anything. Could have been soap. It could have, could have been anything. Yeah, like, it's soap it, in your eyes, it stings. Yeah, so like, so, and then he sort of, everyone was like, oh, Tom Cruise, like blowing up. It's like, fickle. Yeah, yeah. Stop squirting stuff in my face, guys. Yeah, but my, I think what I, what I was trying to get across is I'm a bit nervous that if we say something, I think as long as we don't, mildly wrong or i think as long as we don't squirt any shit into his face <laughs> and take the time to actually watch the movie beforehand i think we'll be all right we are, we are seeing the movie beforehand are you excited for the the re- have you seen the trailer i have seen the trailer i have seen the trailer what do you think um uh i don't know i don't know i yeah. I, I want it to be good but it's yeah. it's one of the blockbusters this year that have, has kind of flown under the radar for me in terms of you yeah. know excitement like i'm it's not something I was particularly looking and forward to. And it is interesting, to. too, because obviously The Mummy, the original, um, I'm not sure how that fared, you know, critically. But, you know, it did have its cult following, but then they did The, the Mummy Returns, and then obviously The Scorpion King, and they yep. both weren't fantastic. Um, so it's interesting that this far along down the track, they've gone, let's remake yep. The Mummy. And I'm surprised, like, with all due respect, I'm surprised people like Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe are like, yeah, we'll do that. Well, I mean, like, like, it, it has the, to be decent, The right? Mummy at think. the time was, you know, it, obviously not a, a perfect movie, but it was a pretty popular film. Mm. Um, and, I, like, as a kid, like, I remember watching The Mummy and loving it. Like, I've yeah, you know, oh, seen yeah. that movie a hundred times, you know? Billy Zane. So much fun. Was The Mummy? <laughs> it was not, but... um, He was. Was he? Billy I Zane. I thought it was Arnold... Um, the Phantom. Or the guy from Titanic, who Kate Rose ditches, I who know. I think is the hero of the movie. I think you're mistaking Billy Zane... The, the person oh God, I hate him the not. Film. I'm like almost certain. <laughs> no, almost it's Billy Zane. It was not Billy Zane. Hold on, I'm checking right now. Right now, everyone, everyone, if you just uh, maybe just put I just chat the, amongst yourselves. You're in the you're in the no, bathtub you, the right guy, now. But you know who I'm talking about, right? The guy who played the Phantom. Okay, so it's Billy Zane. Billy Zane was in the Scorpion King three. Fuck off! No, it wasn't. Seriously. Hold <laughs> on. Did Neil win? Down. No, no, yeah, no one yet. Yeah, one yet. Hold on, I'm Did scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. Let me get to the year. There's. He was not in the original The Mummy. He was not in any of the following The Mummies. 
that no. I can see. So who played the mummy? Um, he Arnold was the mummy. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. The mummy was in the original mummy. Hold yeah. on. I've got it right here in front of me. Was Arnold Vosloo. That is not a real thing. It's it a real thing. Billy Zane. I'm looking at it right now. He was the mummy in both the mummy and the mummy returns. Uh, Billy Zane. They do look very similar. They do look very you're, similar. You're, that really wasn't Billy Zane. That was 100% not Billy, Billy Zane. Well, shit, Billy, if you're listening, I apologize. Yep. But you're a great, the Phantom. <laughs> And he was great in Titanic. <laughs> it's so funny because this morning, <laughs> oh, this no. morning, we were watching an interview with um, uh, Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested Development and yeah. Transparent, and he was doing this interview with Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest on some like a morning American TV like show, yeah. talk show, Shit. and and they had mistaken him for a completely different actor in like the opening line of the interview, and then the whole interview just kind of completely went. Went off the um, <laughs> off the rails after that, and we were like, "Oh, wouldn't that be so dumb if we had like an interview with someone and just fucked up like who who it was?" Like, if Billy Zane was it in would the never happen to us. If Billy Zane was in the studio, we would have made that mistake. <laughs> Neil would have opened with, "Oh, so uh, loved you in the Mummy, mate. That was great." I was so sure. <laughs> he was so sure. That was it's one of those things that you're so sure about that you don't actually fact check because you know. Yeah. And that's like, what, you know that's what, that person was in that, that movie. That's what would have happened with Ryan Seacrest. He's like, yeah. oh, Tambor's for the guy from The Ghost. Like, oh, uh, I'm not sure. No, he is. No, all right? Is. I've seen Tambor. I've seen him. I know him. And you I know, host like, American Idol. There are some things that you just know. You're like someone who's 100% in the movie. Like, I know he was in that movie. And it's not until afterwards you actually IMDb it. You go, he was nowhere near The best that part movie. is if you watch that interview with Seacrest and Tambor, like, Seacrest's surface face is like, ha ha, what a mistake. Yeah. Internally, he's screaming and he's eyeballing that producer who gave him that piece of information. And that guy's fired right There's now. There's this like All hilarious, them. hilarious moment where he like the first thing like after he realizes he made the mistake, Ryan Seacrest like turns to like someone off camera. I'm assuming some poor unpaid intern, <laughs> and is like, "Oh, that wasn't that wasn't in my notes, was it? Was it that wasn't in my notes? Was it Teresa? <laughs> no, it wasn't." <laughs> <laughs> so Teresa's now fired. Yeah. Teresa's no longer working. But even though. like, I mean, that happened. I think last year, a guy was interviewing Samuel Jackson and mist- mistook him for Lawrence Fishburne. Obviously, no. Morpheus from the Matrix. And Samuel <laughs> no. Jackson just straight up just said, "That's not me." And like, luckily, Tambor took it like a champ and had a bit of fun with it. Yeah, Jackson was pissed. Well, yeah, like you would be, wouldn't yeah. you? Especially if you've got someone on your show. It's like do the and research. you just said something completely wrong. Yeah. So, like, I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, uh, maybe, like, when we see Tom Cruise, we won't ask him about, like... Can we make sure it's Tom Cruise and not Brendan Fraser? Just, <laughs> just real quick. I'm just, pretty yeah. sure it's Tom Cruise, but we will double-check that it is actually Tom well, Cruise. Well, it is, the red, it is the red carpet. You don't get too too long with them, so you've got to make your questions mean. We don't want to be like, Tom, are you Brendan Fraser? No. no. All right, good, thanks, move on. Great. Like, yeah. I, um, like, I'm not too, because we did, back in our community radio We did a days, lot of red carpets. That was, because that was all you, when you were doing community radio... Like, that was the only thing you could You get. don't get interviews. You don't, they you don't, don't get jumpers. You don't get sit-downs with, like, fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah. When you you're... sit at the end of that red carpet line, and if you're lucky to get it, they in, might stop and have yeah, a they chat might. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a pretty horrible ordeal, yeah. like, from a from a press point of view, because you just hang out in the line, and you mm. just hope that someone comes speak to you. And, and like, the whole time, you know, you'll, you'll be in mid-interview with, like, you know... Someone probably amazing, like the, you know, like a, a, a supporting cast member. Yeah. And the whole time you're just kind of watching, like watching the star <laughs> the the, one. in the background, like some human piece of trash being like... So it's, yeah, it's like if you've got like, you know, the, the 10-year-old kid from Logan 
yeah. promoting Logan and like just a little further down is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. You're like, you're like great. So like, how fun was it wearing the costumes? <laughs> yeah, it was really great wearing the costumes. Yeah, get out of the way, Hugh. Hugh. Okay, Hugh Jackman. Hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how it worked. Do you, remember, it. do you remember we did like I think it was back in 2012, 2013. We did the Great Gatsby red carpet. Yeah, and it was pouring, but like Leo was there. Um, Joel Edgerton was there. Yeah. Um, who was there? Casey Mulligan. I think I remember we because we got really excited because we got we somehow got to have like maybe three, two questions with Baz Luhrmann. No, we we had like we we were, we were on a decent spot on the carpet. Yeah. Because I think we'd done a couple, so the the we sort of snuck our way in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, are these guys pesters? Just put them. Just somewhere put, them, put them somewhere. We got Baz, which was great. <laughs> yeah. And then it started to pour and like. All oh the God, entire cast through. just walked. They just rushed through, and we didn't get anyone. And we wore suits. We did wear suits that night because we, we wanted to go in. We want Bill for the wet suit. I'm not wearing a suit to the movie premiere. <laughs> no. We were. I think we're seeing it Monday afternoon. So I'll let you know what it, what it's like on Friday. Yep. Hopefully, with our very important sit down interview with Tom Cruise. Yep. And by sit down, it'll be a very brief <laughs> interview. On the red carpet. Well, pump it up, please. Well, it's going to be great. Tune in for that. We're going <laughs> to. If you have any questions for us, let us know. Yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening to this before Monday, the whatever date is Monday, the twenty second. Yeah. Let us know. How do they get in contact with us, mm. Neil? Do they tweet us? That's actually a good idea. You can. I mean, you can tweet the music, uh, comma you, all one word. Yeah. Or you can, um, you know, Facebook us. Yeah. We have DMs. Look, we're working on a Facebook page list. Now get off our back. All yeah. Right? Okay. We just got on iTunes. Look, socials are complicated, right? <laughs> we're not. Jesus. We're not up with all the youths. Um, the youths are doing. Keep, keeping on um, fun TV and film stuff, Dave. Yeah. Um, our worlds were made this past week when finally it was made official that season five of Arrested Development is coming in 2018. It's back, baby. How back. are you feeling? Because look, I think honestly, is the gift that keeps on giving, man. Yeah. I've just, I've just got stuck into the new season of Master of None. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Aziz Ansari's hilarious show yep. uh, about him living his life yep. as a slightly differently named version of himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's literally his life. His parents are literally acting as his parents in the show. Yeah. Um, and that's been. Fucking excellent. Yeah. So far, I'm only three episodes in. No spoilers, please, guys. Yep. Uh, so just Netflix is is in a good place for me right now. Because, like, what, when did the season four of Rest Development come on Netflix? Like, 2012? 2013? Yeah, it was about three years ago Yeah, now. and, yeah. like, you know, it was obviously, it was great to have the show back, but if you're fans of Rest Development, you would know that due to scheduling <laughs> problems within the cast, mm. most of the episodes were built around one character while the rest of the family was so kind of just yeah, not around. They they changed so they changed the the structure of the show. Mm. So like the first three seasons, which was when it was back in the day airing on on Fox or whatever, was was known for having this big ensemble cast mm. that would do these big sort of hilarious ensemble scenes. Uh, but then unfortunately or fortunately all the actors got really famous mm. <laughs> um, since <laughs> Whichever that show, way you want to look at it. You know, in the decade since the show wrapped up. So when they Netflix brought them back for season four they literally just could not schedule all the actors to be in the same place at the same now, time. Now, when did you watch Arrest Development like as it was airing? So by that I mean like back in twenty two, sorry, two thousand two. Like, were you watching? I, I think I discovered it because um, I, I discovered it on DVD, and I think I discovered it right after season three had finished. Yeah, because it is funny. Like, I remember I I watched it like what like twenty eleven when I, mm. I borrowed the DVDs from you. Yeah, and like when you watch the show and you see all these incredibly famous people and like you forget like there was a time when they weren't famous like yeah. the amount of cameos even like well, because like, probably, you know, like 
like everyone, like I mean, uh, Donald Glover was um, was in an yeah. episode Ed Helms before he was famous. Was Ed episode, Helms, yeah. um, like a bunch of people, and like a lot of these guys were like just starting to do stuff. Like I think Ed Helms was still at the Daily Show back then. Yeah. Um, Probably barely at the Daily Show then too. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it was, but that was the problem with the first couple <clears throat> of seasons of Arrested Development was that they just couldn't get people to watch. Mm. And most people that kind of watch it and love the show now discovered it on DVD kind of years after it finished. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so season four was obviously out a couple years ago. Um, very mixed reviews, like quite a good. It was funny. The writing was great, but I think it was just you're just missing. It's like yeah. if you, if you did The Simpsons and just like we did an episode on That's Bart, just Bart and then Lisa and then like you need yeah. everyone else there. Exactly. So so that was a bit of uh, disappointment I think for a lot of people from that. But the big sort of marketing push with this announcement that they are doing a season five. I think the the poster that they released was. Um, uh, a play off the season four poster, which was basically all the cast uh, locked in a in a, a giant crate, a giant orange crate uh, with a sign saying "Do not let the cast of Arrested Development out yeah. until we've finished filming or whatever." Yeah. So, so the, the sort of the basis of the push this year is, hey, we've we listened, mm. we're aware of the fact that the show. Uh, wasn't as good as it was, and our aim for this season is to get as much of the cast it, it, together. It as is we weird, can. you know. You talk about these actors that have gotten famous, like obviously Jeffrey Tambor has been famous for decades now, but yeah. most recently he's been doing Transparent. You know, he's won a couple of Golden Globes for Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Will Arnett has done um, Flaked and yeah. the Lego Batman movies, and Bateman's obviously been in a, a shit ton of comedies. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that's been the hassle. So it'll be interesting to see if they can. I imagine filming will start what any month now, right? Like. Well, they're talking about an early 2018 release, so I imagine they're probably filming in the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, in order to hit that. That's really fucking exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So something to look forward to if you're an Arrested Development fan. If you're not, check it out. Are you watching anything else at the moment? Well, Master of, Master of None is the one that I've just sort of hacked into. Um, I watched uh, Louis C.K.'s uh, Netflix special, the yeah. 2017 Netflix special last night, which was hilarious. Good? Yeah, really good. Really yeah. good. I always forget, like, I always forget how good at stand-up he is like i know that's what he does i know he's a stand-up <laughs> comedian but like it, whenever every time i watch like a setup show of his i go fuck like mm. you are like his comedian his comedic craft mm. is just so he i think he has good. to be like one of the most casual comedians and we're like yeah. the way he delivers is like he's just talking to you mm. quietly in a room but it just so happens that the punchlines are fucking hilarious and like he's he's interesting because like, he talks about really controversial stuff, and he gets stuck into it in a way that's, like... Like, the beginning, the opening joke, um, or the opening kind of run of jokes uh, of this uh, Netflix uh, special is about abortions. Jesus. And he just gets stuck into it, and it's really, really, really funny, and he's being completely offensive, but there's something about the way that he talks about it and the way... I don't, something about his his I don't I, I can't put my finger on it, mm. but it's I think that you know most people would kind of watch that and not be offended by it because there's just something about the way he delivers a joke that just kind of diffuses which is weird the politics right? around like, it. I don't so understand. Many, there it. are so many comedians who like who have like a notorious rep for being offensive because they just do a really sure. inappropriate things. But well, because we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago when Dave Chappelle had his Netflix, yeah. Um, a special come out and there was all that controversy around you know his com- his his jokes around trans people mm. um and we also like a uh, louis ck also does like a, a bit about um about trans people and about you know how 
uh, about like uh, how he sort of sometimes wonders if he would be gay and like what it would be like if he was gay and like it, quite a quite a long segment but he it doesn't feel um and obviously you know is um, it maybe because they kind of do the rounds like you know when you can take the piss out of yourself mm. like there are comedians you know who will just just be super offensive and just bag out certain things totally. that comes across as just you're almost a bully but maybe if, mm. if you have the capacity to also Take the piss out of yourself. Totally, it kind of makes it not. I don't want to say fair game, but like it's, it yeah, makes it much less. And obviously, tough. you know, like we're not a member of the of the community, so it's not like you know we we may not like. I don't want to be like, oh, it's not offensive. Like there might be yeah, people yeah. that are that are that are offended by it, but from an like outsider's perspective, it didn't feel like there's something about the tone of it that just mm. didn't feel like it was. Yeah, you know, it just felt less. I just feel like he gets away with more, yeah. You know than than other comedians do, and I think that's such an impressive craft thing. So I checked that out. That was pretty cool. What are you watching at the moment, mate? Um, honestly, not that much. I've been watching Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, but you you haven't got into Better Call Saul, have you? Oh man, I struggled. Yeah. I struggled because I, I I loved Breaking Bad. Man, it's long. It's long and slow. But if you like that, it's amazing. I think <laughs> it, it requires me to have have time. It's, you know, it just builds so slowly. Like once you get to the big. Yeah. Um, hits. They're like they're they're strong. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's the tough part. It's get through that stuff and you'll be fine. Yeah. I think I sort of dropped out halfway through season one. Mm. The problem is I don't have Stan because Stan is I I when I was deciding between Netflix and Stan, I picked Netflix mm. and I could probably have both. Mm. But you know who has that ten ten ninety nine a month or whatever <laughs> it is. You know not this guy. I got to spend that on Uber Eats. So <laughs> um, can all these. Like companies sponsored this show. Yeah, just can we get all these sponsors? <laughs> I feel like it would really help if we could do the podcast. Just do a lot of free a bunch of fried chicken and dumplings. But it's my favorite shit, yeah. which is Uber Eats and Netflix. So. Uh, we will jump into some music talk now. Um, before we get into our chat with Alex Leahy, I know Dave. I mentioned it to you this morning, and you just went, "Ugh." But Ed Sheeran's. Did you hear about the pre-sales? I did. So that from you. Thank you. Yeah, we're trying to build suspense here and make it look like that everything here happens genuinely. Yeah. Um. But, like, I ha- I ha- just have to mention, like, you know, we obviously know he's a big deal. He's had these latest album, Divide, has been, like, number one for, like, the last 40 weeks. Yeah. Not really. I think he had, like, an eight-week stretch, and then Harry Styles took him down. Sorry, Bliss and Esso took him down, and then, like, he got it straight back last week. Mm. But the pre-sales went, obviously, went on sale a couple of days ago, and they've already had to announce additional shows for Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane based off the pre-sales. Wow. Like, that's weird, right? Especially in a stadium where there's... It's like we were talking about Adele a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Sheeran's getting to that level. And the weirdest part is, like, you know, it's not like he has backup dancers and these great light shows. And, like, it's just a guy with an acoustic guitar who a few years ago was probably busking in the rocks. Like... People love that shit. Apparently. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I... Ed Sheeran is a, a singer-songwriter that I do not know his music at all yeah but you, and I, and I know, you don't I, like people, it or you just don't listen no, to it no I just don't know it like yeah. I just I, he is someone who like absurdly despite the fact that like what you've been saying for weeks he's been number one on the charts mm. right and he's this huge number one on the single and album huge charts huge yeah. kind of musician but somehow I've just completely missed you know most of his music like, I've probably heard it in the background if I've been sort of like you know shopping somewhere <laughs> but like I, I could not name a single one of his songs you, you, know? you could I honestly don't think I could not one. I, I do not. I know think people I, who like actively hate Ed Sheeran. And like, I, I'm sure I could. I would recognize if someone like played a song. I could probably be like, oh, I I've heard that song before. Like I, I think that's probably possible. But I don't. <laughs> I do not. I, can you just have a stab right now? Like like trivia. Um, Name that Ed Sheeran song. Can you like hum hum a bit? Maybe like any any one one song. 
Um, like I'm uh, in love with the insert words. I'm in love with that girl. <laughs> no, I'm in, I'm in love with I'm that. I'm in love with the... With that sweet body, I don't know. Like, I'm in love like, with that sweet. Body. I don't know. Like, what's it is? Is it? What about um sort of folk music? I'm in love with that. One more chance. Come on, like you don't know it all. Sing, sing it, sing it, right, sing um, it again. I'm in love with I'm in love. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, is That's he, so weird. Is like, he in the club or is he sort of like folky? He's definitely not in the club. He's a like he's a. Oh, I've seen what he looks like, but yeah. he's not. He's not being like I'm in love with a girl in the club. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> this is so weird because, like, know. you know, like for example, like you know, I know Adele's a big deal. I know a couple of her songs. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm an Adele. I could name an, uh, fanatic, an Adele song, you know, which is weird. Like, yeah. why? Well, how can you do that but not Ed Sheeran? Like Ed Sheeran. I, I, do, I don't know. Like I'm not. It's not like I've been like you know, fuck Ed Sheeran. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like like blocking from my ears. Like I, I just. Somehow, well, because I I don't drive. You know, yeah. I live in the in the inner city, so I sold my car. I don't I don't drive anymore. Yeah. So I'm not like I'm listening. I'm not listening to the radio every <laughs> single day. You know, so unless unless it's like something I'm listening to on Spotify, yeah, or like someone shared that like a song with me, like I I'm not hearing it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in love with your sweet body. <laughs> no man, That's so great. no. That's but what is it? What's the answer? What is the song? Shape of you. Well, how the I'm fuck in love with the shape of you. That's, like, you almost, heard that. that's almost like I what love. About this, the, I love your sweet body. Finish, 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 <laughs> finish this sentence. He the, loves the shape. It, of it's the that other song that has been getting a lot of airplay. The um, yeah. over the castle on the hill. Bang! There but we go. Is that just because that's a saying? Well, also, yeah, that that just made sense, didn't it? <laughs> it did, didn't it? That was a shit example. Yeah. Well, but anyway, but that's good. For and him. Uh, an artist you are listening to. We were playing her music this morning. Right here in the studio is Alex Leahy. She mm. is in the middle of a headline tour. She played in Sydney last week, in Melbourne tonight, and carrying on through to Brisbane, Perth, and Adelaide in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we had a little chat with her this little morning. Cheeky photo. Right after her uh, Triple J Like A Version performance. Um, here is us chatting with Alex. Check it out. Alex Leahy. Alex, thank you so much for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, guys. How's your day been so far? It's uh, it's early morning. Um, are you are you out and about, or uh, we just woken you up? What's the situation? No, I'm up and about. Um, I yeah, my triple J like a version went to air today. Um, and so yeah, I've been I've been up and, and Adam and uh, yeah, just uh, getting ready for a big day, playing at Howler tonight as well. So. Yep, it's all systems I go. It's a good time. It's a it's a big day for you because yeah, the Triple J thing, uh, like a version, uh, obviously doing two songs, an original and and a cover. Now Neil and I we were in the studio during the segment. We we're following the tweets to so we you know we knew what the big reveal was. Mm. Uh, what was the big the big song? Uh, do you want to reveal it now <laughs> to our audience who I guess listened yeah, to this course. in the past? They um, probably know. <laughs> I covered uh, "Torn," which is. Uh, Famously done by Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah. It's also defined as a hot banger. <laughs> Very much a hot banger. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. And why Why I'm torn? Um, it was just it was ages ago. I was trying to think of songs to cover for a headline gig. And Torn came to mind because um, I just thought it would be a really good arrangement sort of in my vein of playing. Mm. Um, and it's just such a good... It's, a, it's one of those songs that's so good that... Um, it doesn't matter how you play it, it, it kind of always sounds all right. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, no matter what style you kind of like put it in, it'll always sound, um, it'll always make sense. The social media reaction to it's been ridiculous. So congratulations, we're all loving it. Um, Thank you. Obviously, you kicked off your tour last week in Sydney. You're in Melbourne tonight. Uh, what is this? The second show now? Yep, second show. And how are we feeling? Good. I still feel fresh. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been it's going to be a really fun run. Um, I haven't done the headline tour in Australia for well, it feels like forever, but since October last year, and I feel. I feel like a, in that time, so much has happened, and you know, on a personal level, like I feel like I've, like I'm a sort of different performer. I'm thinking about things differently than I was there, and I have a bit more under my belt now. Um, and so it's been really fun taking, um, you know, the EP on the road again, but also playing a bunch of new stuff from my album that's coming out later this year. Yeah, nice. I mean, so for people that like, you know, obviously have just been sort of introduced to your music and your EP via the radios, via Spotify, they're thinking about going out and checking out one of your gigs. I mean, well, what, what is the, the Alex Leahy uh, gig experience? <laughs> uh, like, how do you, how do you approach, uh, approach your live music sets? Um, it's pretty laid back, to be honest. Um, like, I, it's all about the songs for me, but also about, like, really engaging with the crowd. And I feel like, you know, um, both within the songs and between the songs that... Um, and this isn't necessarily a conscious thing, but it, it seems that I kind of end up giving quite a lot of myself to the crowd in terms of, you know, telling a lot of stories about my life and, and about things that I've experienced and the way that I feel about certain, you know, encounters or experiences that I've had you know, um, uh, you know, in, in, in all sorts of facets of my life. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully the audience goes away from the shows, you know, knowing a bit more about me, but maybe also, you know, thinking about themselves a little bit differently or reflecting on certain things that, you know, maybe common things that we've experienced. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Dave um, this morning, Alex. I don't know if you remember this, but I first met you at, what, the 2015 Arias, and you know you were, you were oh, yeah. yeah, and you were just starting out, and you know we we're talking how great it's going to be. But since then, you've fuck, you've played Splendor, you've supported Blondie and Cindy Lauper, you've released the EP, you're doing a headline tour right now. Does does it feel as does this career feel as fast as it's gone? Like it's it's like, kind of crazy you, how quickly things have happened. Do you stop at any point and go like, shit, man, I've just blown up, <laughs> yo? Like, do you have that moment for yourself? <laughs> I think. Um... Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of funny because I've been doing this my whole life and it's not like, um, you know, if things weren't going, you know, well, um, I'd still be doing it. You mm. know, like, it, it, that's not like, a, that's not a factor in why I write songs or why I make music. But, um, you know, and I've been doing it for ages in all sorts of different kind of ways, like from playing saxophone to writing songs to playing in all sorts of different bands. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, I think with every musician that kind of ends up getting a bit of heat, there's a whole backstory behind them, like without fail. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, but at the same time, like, um, you know, people, people said they're like, oh, you just sort of blew up. And I'm like, I don't know if I blew up. I think things, like, there was a, there was a point last year where things just kind of came together for mm. some reason. I don't know why, but things kind of came together, mm. um, you know, and, and all of a sudden my songs were being heard. And, um, you know, I think that there were a number of different factors and I think that they're in the, in the work that I've done up until there, there was, there, I don't know, things kind of, uh, you know, inadvertently lining themselves up or, um, I don't know, preparing themselves for, you know, some, something bigger. 
and you know there's, there's still a long way to go to you know what I want to achieve within my career but um, you know this is I feel very lucky and very grateful for the position that I'm in right now and you know I think the most exciting thing for me is that it means that I get to work even harder and something that I love. Totally. I mean, well, our theory as to why um, everything fell together is that you are a very, very good, talented singer. <laughs> um, uh, B-grade University, the, the first EP, um, so the, the current EP is absolutely awesome. Um, Thank you. H- how long was that a, a work in progress? Was this something which was sort of built up over years or was it a, a very short sort of writing process getting that bad boy up? I mean, the writing process, like, between... Um, like the first song being written and the, um, you know, the first song coming out, like to speak about the EP specifically, it was probably like, um, I don't know, like 12 months, 18 months. But, you know, the EP didn't take, you know, a whole heap of time to record or anything. I think maybe, um, in a way, it maybe took a little bit longer than the album because I kind of had more time. Mm. Um but you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't either like a massive like work in progress for ages. But it also wasn't like an instant sort of thing that came together really quickly. And you know, we recorded it one week and it was out the next. Like it was still a very considered process. Um, but you know, like the songs themselves sort of came you know from across across a twelve month period where I was playing in other bands and writing for other projects and that sort of thing. And these songs that I was writing that were deeply personal, um, I kind of kept for myself and. Um, yeah, and, and, and like, you know, fortuitously kind of created this, I guess, like quite a conceptual, um, body of work. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like, um, you know, it was, it was a considered, but, um, I guess, accidental process. <laughs> well, you you yeah. obviously, we talk about, um, you know, the EP and album, but you're now recording new music. Is this for a new album, hopefully released in 2017? Yeah, uh, my album should be out in October. Very nice. Very so, do we have a name yet? We do, but I'll um, I'll tell you later. Okay, <laughs> Thanks, all right. The secret. Appreciate all right. it. No exclusive here in the music today. <laughs> uh, can you can you give us a hint about sort of uh, what we can sort of expect from the album sound wise? Is this going to be a dramatic departure from from what we've heard from you already, or um, or is this sort of just an evolution? Honestly, it'll be a you know a, a familiar to, to people who've listened to my stuff before, but also you know demonstrates a bit of growth and development on, on from a musical and songwriting end from from me. Um, you know, I obviously want to give people something different, and I want to be working on different things. You know, as a as an artist too. Um, you know, there are a lot of songs in there that I've been playing in my life set for ages. Um, but at the same time, there's some things that I've written in the last couple of months that are in there, and and you know. I think in the time between um, writing the EP, um, you know, and being exposed to the studio and to other writers and, and, and touring and all that sort of stuff, like, my processes have changed and now I'm sort of more hands-on in the production department of things as well. Um, and so that's kind of shaped my writing in a way. But at the same time, like, um, I think, you know, because the songs are coming, as, as with any artist, like, when, the song is com- when songs are coming from a certain artist or a writer, there's always some sort of common thread. So I don't think it's going to be too dramatic a departure, but at the same time, I think it will, you know, show that I've been, um, you know, sort of honing my craft a little bit more and a bit more consciously, I guess. 
Great, great. Well, uh, so we've got a we're on the tour right now. Uh, all the dates for people wanting to check you out are up there on themusic.com.au. Check over head over the gig guide, and uh, check all that business out. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show and having a chat with us this morning. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, and we'll uh, we'll uh, all be waiting out for this uh, this new album. I think we're all excited about it. Yay! <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Alex. No worries, guys. Thanks so much for that. No worries. We'll no chat worries. to you soon. That's awesome, dude. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Hey. So as Dave mentioned at the end of that interview, you can check out all the dates for Alex Leahy's tour at the Gig Guide uh, at themusic.com.au. She's also playing the Yours and Ours Festival in the next couple of weeks, so check it out. Mm. Um, and it's some other you know, exciting news before we wrap up the show, potentially exciting news, Neil. Now, now we obviously, we're based in Sydney, so if you are listening outside of Sydney, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to deal with at least once a week we bitch about how the government is trying to bring down the live music scene here in Sydney. Yep. The jerks. How often do when we speak to like a musician, they're like, yeah, I'm from Adelaide. I'm like, how about those lockout laws? Yeah. Like, I don't, like, what do you mean? I live in Adelaide. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, if you're not from Sydney, <laughs> things to know about Sydney. There are lockout laws. They suck. <laughs> a bunch of jerks uh, moving into areas and gentrifying them, and then they complain about loud music in nearby pubs. It's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> We're sick of it. We're sick of our live music being being ruined by jerks and um, and the government bringing us down. Well, guys, uh, there is a new proposal. Uh, that has just been put forth mm. by the uh, the former mayor Darcy uh, Byrne um, from Leichhardt Leichhardt Council, mm-hmm. and uh, it's potentially fairly fairly exciting. He's basically pushing to like cut the red tape um, for artists, bands, musicians mm. to play essentially anywhere. And when I mean anywhere, I mean cafes. I mean like, if you happen to walk into General Pants, maybe Cotton On. I don't know why I said those two stores. <laughs> there could be a band playing there, like which is kind of cool, but it is mm. a bit weird because, like, and don't get me wrong, I love the idea of it. Yeah. But imagine if you're a guy who desperately needs a pair of jeans, and you've got a live <laughs> band playing like right behind you, and the, the server well, like, "Do you want some help?" And you're like, "Yes, <laughs> shush." Can you shut up? Like it's it's well, it's, it's it's not just for for live music. I think I think the live music side of it is is very much about like. Creating spaces where live music can happen, and again, without and can happen without, without plugging the lockout laws again, like that is needed more than ever right well, now. We're seeing venue after venue shutting down. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, we lost um, Newtown Social Club uh, earlier on this year, which was devastating. Um, I think for for anyone that that has any care about live music in, in Sydney. The lands down close. It is opening back up though. So that is a yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, there has been this sort of sense of we're losing venues quicker than we can, we can um, stop. And, and so this would be uh, a proposal to sort of create more of a cultural hub, particularly around the Leichhardt council, just on the sort of the inner West area. Um, and, and, you know, create spaces where, where music can be played. And the yeah. other exciting bit is, so Kerry Glasscock, who um, we know from the Sydney F- uh, Fringe Festival, she's the director there, mm. um, has been pushing for years to try and create, um, you know, as Neil was saying, uh, temporary theatre spaces and temporary performance spaces where, you know, you could walk into a clothing store and say, hey, like the Fringe Festival is coming up. I want to put on a show. Like you guys close at six. Can I put on a show at seven o'clock in your venue? And the ba- or, you know, a bookstore perhaps, you know, yeah. or like that wants to put on a poetry reading or like all these spaces that would normally have to go through 
all of this red tape, jump through all of these hoops in order to get people into experience culture and to experience live performance and saying, all you guys need to do is follow these guidelines. All you need to do is make sure you tick these safety boxes mm. and you can go on, you can put the performance on. And the best part that like, again, would shut down my whole argument of it could get noisy. Like I sound like an 85 year old man, but you know, if it's in a precinct, it's kind of, you know, what's in that precinct. Yeah. So if you want to get a coffee in that precinct, you know that there might be live music or the performance, whatever it may be. Totally. Like, and I think that's fucking awesome. And it like it, all it does is create opportunity for it creates opportunity for it more performances. Like it's yeah. I don't see how it's a bad thing in any way. So it's a particularly um, fantastic initiative that we're super excited about, um, and hopefully these guys uh, have. Um, you know, have the support that they need. If you guys are interested in in sort of supporting them, um, get in touch with your with your local representative. Get in touch with your local council. Let them know that you're excited about this this plan. I'm excited about this proposal to to pump life back into um, into the cultural community in the inner west. And yeah. and hopefully, uh, if enough of us call and enough of us make our voices heard, they might listen. They might uh, they might push this proposal through. So hopefully that'll happen, Neil. That's really inspirational. I think it's a really nice way to finish the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for, for tuning <laughs> in to the music podcast. We'll be back next week with uh, a very exciting guest. Yeah. That, can we announce it, Neil? Is it that locked? I don't want to know because the way things have gone <laughs> lately, I don't want to say anything. Look, all right? Uh, <laughs> flake is be flaky, you know? So we'll see how we go. Um, thank you to Sydney Studio 301 and thank you to Alex Lee for coming on the show. Uh, we'll see you all next week, potentially with a 45-minute sit-down with Tom Cruise. Well, uh, we'll see. Or Dustin Bieber, yeah, I think. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. 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 <laughs> I don't know, maybe both at the same time. Imagine that interview. <laughs> just having all, like a conversation. It's like Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber. It's like, so Tom, that was a, a great movie. And um, and Justin, um, you've that, never been in a movie that before. Would get, that would be the funniest thing ever because Tom would be the biggest dad. Like Justin would be like, yeah, I guess it's cool. And Tom's like, that's all you have to say? <laughs> Do you want to say something else, Justin? <laughs> These nice men are here to speak to you. <laughs> So, I would love that. Yeah. I would love to do a four-way interview. With, what, like, what well, would be Russell, Russell Crowe's going to be there, too. The most interesting part about that interview would just be just letting Tom and the, Justin talk. The, just letting them chat the, to the each other. The best part would be just the disinterest in Justin's eyes as we talk to him. Not even in The Mummy. I think he'd love it, man. I think, yeah, I think Justin would love it. <laughs> see you guys next we'll week. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.